Hello everyone, my name is Sarah Norton and I'm an undergrad at Duke University studying biology and marine science and conservation. And you're listening to Invert Extroverts, the podcast where we talk about the amazing symbiotic relationships of marine invertebrates. Now you may be wondering, other than the fact that this podcast is a project for a class about marine invertebrates, why talk about marine invertebrates? And even better, why talk about symbiotic relationships? I just want to hear about dolphins and seals. Well, I'm here to tell you that invertebrates are just as cool and just as important as any other species in the ocean. Not only do invertebrates play a super important role in ocean ecosystems, but they're also super important for us humans. We love traveling to go look at coral reefs, we eat tons of marine invertebrates like crabs and lobsters and shrimp, and we get tons of our medicines from marine invertebrates. Heck, we even test lots of our medicines on horseshoe crab blood. So clearly, marine invertebrates are super important to learn and talk about. But what about symbiotic relationships? Why the heck do I want to talk about them? Well, not only are they super cool and interesting, but symbiotic relationships are the name of the game for marine invertebrates. Not only are these relationships super cool and diverse and interesting, but they're so important for the livelihoods of these species. So what can you expect from this podcast? Well, over the next few episodes, I hope to do some deep dives into specific relationships between different marine invertebrates. What are these relationships like? Where do they happen? Why do they happen? How did they evolve? How do these animals benefit? If I've done my job, you'll come out of each episode with a new appreciation for the intricacies of the relationships that tie our world together, with some fun facts thrown in along the way. Now, without further ado, here are some short clips from our upcoming episodes. Hope you enjoy! In today's episode, we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite marine invert that they may or may not know is an invert. Coral. That's right, they're not plants, folks. They're animals. They belong to the phylum-level taxa Cnidarians, along with jellyfish and Portuguese man-of-war and many others. They're part of the sub-phylum-level taxa Anthozoa, also known as the flower animals, which includes anemones, soft and hard corals, and more. In my personal opinion, these guys are some of the most beautiful creatures in the ocean. Hard corals, also known as Sleractinians, have a thin layer of tissue called the Cenozark that connects polyps to one another. This tissue allows polyps to share nutrients with one another. Hard corals also have calcium carbonate skeletons and secrete calcium carbonate as well. This is what makes them reef builders, since they create a hard location for corals to settle on, either through secreting calcium carbonate or by providing a space themselves for other corals to settle. Both soft and hard corals, as well as other nadarians, have a very special relationship with symbiodinium. Symbiodinium are photosynthetic dinoflagellates that live in the lining of the gastrodermal cavity of corals. By living with coral, symbiodinium is in the perfect spot. They get carbon dioxide and nutrients that they need to go through photosynthesis from the corals, and they live in a protected environment. Um, they're in more static conditions, and they're blocked from UV light. Sounds like the perfect roommate. But it's not just symbiodinium that benefits from this living arrangement. The coral also gets the products of photosynthesis produced by the symbiodinium. 
These include amino acids, glucose, and glycerol, and the coral can then convert these into carbs, proteins, fats, and, you guessed it, calcium carbonate for their skeleton. Then the cycle starts back over again. Especially in tropical waters, which are not super rich in nutrients, this cycle is critical for the survival of both coral and symbiodinium. Over the millennia, they have evolved to live together in this cycle of nutrient recycling. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of my personal favorite invertebrates. Sponges. And no, not the kind you shower with. Except sometimes they are. Anyway. And we're going to talk about crabs, too. But back to my favorite child. Sponges. These bad boys belong to the phylum-level taxa, Periphera. And just like our coral friends last episode, some of you may not have known these things were even animals. But they do some pretty amazing things for a species that just seems to sit around all day. Now, sponges can be so itty-bitty they're impossible to see or meters long. And while some sponges may only live for a few years, others can live for hundreds or thousands. So there's a lot of diversity just in this taxa. Now, I did mention crabs, so let's talk a bit about them too. Specifically, we're going to talk today about decorator crabs. Sounds cute, right? We're all picturing crabs making wreaths and putting up Halloween decorations. Well, that's not too far from the truth. The only problem is instead of putting up lights and 12-foot-tall Home Depot skeletons, decorator crabs are decorating with sponges. And they're not decorating their apartments or their front yards. They're decorating themselves. When you live in a place as big and scary as the ocean, with predators potentially around every corner, you want some pretty good protection. For most crabs, their hard shells do the trick. But even with a hard shell, there are some tough, hungry creatures out there who will do anything they can to pry them open for a meal. So what's a crab to do? Well, decorator crabs have come up with a really interesting way of dealing with this problem. They wear live sponges as hats. If you have a second to Google a picture of a decorator crab with a sponge, do it. It looks like they're wearing like a sponge feather boa across their back. Super cute. But how does this help them to avoid predators? Well, sponges provide an element of disguise. They can help camouflage crabs from even the smartest predators like octopus. And not only do they work like a living ghillie suit, they also provide chemical defense. Sponges can produce toxic chemicals that work to prevent predation, giving the crabs an extra layer of protection. Remember when I said we aren't going to be talking about dolphins? Well, we're not talking about dolphins specifically, but today we are going to be talking about whales. Now, I know what you're thinking. Whales are definitely not invertebrates. Well, that may be true, but they do have an interesting relationship with invertebrates. In particular, they have a fascinating relationship with barnacles. Now, you might be surprised to hear that barnacles are actually crustaceans. Yep, they're part of the same subphylum crustacea as lobsters, crabs, and shrimp. Specifically, they're part of the maxillopoda, which includes both copepods and barnacles. Barnacles live attached to other objects, like boat hulls and seawalls. In fact, they cost billions of dollars of damage a year to the shipping industry to remove biofouling barnacles. Barnacles are filter feeders, which means they get their food from little particles that float around in the water. 
Barnacles have modified appendages called cirri that can be pushed through the water to catch these particles as they go by. Barnacles don't just live on inanimate objects like boats. They can also live on other living things like crabs, turtles, and of course, whales. The barnacles are like hitchhikers, grabbing onto the whales and going along for the ride. Barnacles start out as larvae that move around with the ocean currents. Eventually, they latch onto something solid and stay there, growing into adults and living there for their entire lives. When a whale crosses paths with one of these larvae, the larva can embed itself into the whale's skin. As the barnacle grows, it creates cavities that mesh with the whale's skin, keeping it in place. Whales have such a special relationship with barnacles that there are relationships between specific species of whales and barnacles. Living on the backs of whales is a pretty good deal for barnacles. They provide them with a stable place to live, and when whales travel through clouds of particles or plankton in the water, it's a buffet fit for a barnacle. Plus, free world travel on the backs of whales? I'd take that deal. I hope you've enjoyed these short glimpses into the kinds of things I'll be talking about in this podcast. But don't think just because you've heard a little bit of the story for these species, that means there's not more to learn. These relationships are super complex and important, and these species also play important roles in the marine ecosystem. They're also important for us humans, and we're going to talk about exactly why we should want to protect them. Because they do need protecting. Lots of marine species are facing changing conditions as a result of climate change and other human actions. We'll also talk about the interesting research that's being done on each of these species. So if you want to learn more about amazing marine invertebrates and their symbiotic relationships, check out our full episodes of Invert Extroverts.